0: believe that in the 21st century, the topic of periods remains a taboo. My name is Leah, and in this podcast, I interview different people from different walks of life and different stories, and we talk about periods. Because it is time to normalize the conversation around our blood. This is I Bleed. When Rachel stopped having her periods and seek medical advice, she was told she only needed her period if she was planning on getting pregnant, and if that wasn't the case, she shouldn't worry about it. She was then placed on the route of hormonal therapy, only to realize later that it didn't work for her. At no point, the why of the missing period was answered. Her journey with Ayurveda is a personal one. She benefited from it firsthand And today, Rachel is an Ayurveda practitioner who empowers women through knowledge and Ayurvedic practices to support healthy, happy cycle.
1: Growing up, I was always really into nature, really active, um, tried to eat healthy most of my life, and I was an elementary school teacher um in my late 20s early 30s and my digestion started breaking down and i um, had also been on the pill when i was and we'll talk more about the cycle i'm sure um in my early 20s and then i went off of it and i was traveling i lived in costa rica and japan i was teaching english and i didn't have my cycle for many years and um i was told oh it's just because you're thin um you know, because you, you don't actually, you're traveling, you're under stress, like you don't actually need it. And so um, that, and then in my thirties, my digestion really just started breaking down. And that's how I discovered Ayurveda. Yeah. I had been into yoga and started reading about Ayurveda um, online and hearing about the doshas really just made so much sense to me. And that's when it all clicked. And I actually quit my job teaching. I was teaching elementary school to study Ayurveda full time. Um, and that's how I, how I got into this. Um, but more about me, I, I love being outside. I love cooking. Um, I love spending time with my two dogs and reading um, and just exploring.
0: And and when you when you fell upon Ayurveda did you first like heal yourself through Ayurveda before you decided to study it like is that kind of what was the trigger you saw that it worked
1: Yeah. So I was kind of in the process of doing that as I, as I left my job and devoted, you know, my, my studies full time to Ayurveda. So I was reading about, oh, Vata Dosha likes warm drinks, right? They're always cold and just some tips for digestion and food, food combining that really helped my digestion, I started seeing big improvements pretty quickly and it really resonated with me. So um, as I was in school there, I started seeing a practitioner who um, did the full dosha assessment, kind of helped me understand what my challenges were. I had candida, a yeast overgrowth um, that was contributing and really just chronic stress was was the main reason I had lost my cycle. So um, through that process, I really saw the healing power of Ayurveda. Um, um, with support right from a practitioner right and, um, and so that was like wow okay <laughs> this is something I had dealt with you know I, I'd always had trouble sleeping um you know not having my cycle for many years and so seeing that turnaround in just a few months was really eye-opening for me
0: wow all right and like did, had you had you chosen at one point to go into the traditional a medical route before moving to Ayurveda? Like, did you try that route before?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I knew, you know, it was odd that I wasn't having a cycle. And so when I would go for my yearly checkup, um, I asked, and they basically told me, you don't need a period unless you're trying to get pregnant. <laughs> you know, among other things that they told me, right? That Oh, you're thin, you know, you just don't have enough estrogen. Um, Oh, you've been traveling, you were living abroad, that's stressful on the body, those types of changes can, um, can cause that. And their solution was just go on the pill, take the hormonal birth control pill, um, to regulate your hormones and to get your cycle. So I did that. And I did that for a month or two. And didn't work. And then they gave me uh, progesterone pills so that, you know, basically, it's faking your period, right? Just, just like on the hormonal birth control. And that worked. And so I did that a couple times. And they basically said, you know, it's good just to um, shed the lining, right? Get those cells um, out of there so that we don't have any problems down the road. Um, But there was never any real reason that that I was given for why I wasn't having my period right. and they seemed to think it was a big issue um <laughs> which to me was surprising so that was my experience with western medicine um yeah. in terms of kind of solving that so
0: and, and and did they ever like make the connection between like your digestion and your cycle or that was never in western medicine that was never addressed
1: no, that wasn't addressed, and neither was the, the chronic stress. There were no questions about my lifestyle. Um, <laughs> you know, in, in my 20s, I was partying a lot. I was drinking. Um, I was traveling. Um, and, and when I was traveling, I wasn't stressed. But before that, when I was working in an office, um, you know, fresh out of college, that's a hard time for many people um, just trying to, to get a job. Right. and To, to adapt. Yeah, right. exactly to adapt and so there was no no questions about you know kind of lifestyle factors that might have been affecting that
0: right right and for those who don't know anything about Ayurveda like can you explain to me a little bit like how how it works like what are what is the philosophy of Ayurveda and also maybe point out how it differs from western medicine's approach to the body and the soul and so on
1: Yes, of course. So Ayurveda is holistic health originating in India over 5,000 years ago, and it's based in the five elements. So space, air, fire, water, and earth. And these elements combine to form three primary energies known as the doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. And we all have all five elements, all three doshas in our mind-body constitution or property. And it's just that balance is unique for each individual. So some people have more air in their constitution, some people have more earth, etc. And this manifests right in our physical features, um, in our preferences in our kind of mental space. and understanding your birth constitution really helps you to understand your innate place of balance. And as we go through life, we gain imbalances. Some of us have more of a fire imbalance, right? And so just learning how to get yourself back to that state of balance is really the core principle, right? And Ayurveda is focused on prevention and wellness. Um, It also is really functional medicine where we're addressing the root cause. So um, discovering the root cause of the illness and removing that cause is how it works. Um, So you know a lot of times that is diet and lifestyle in our in our world today, right? We know the quality of our food, we know um, our screen time, our busy lives, this all really affects our mental and physical health. So when I work with clients, we really just assess what is causing this imbalance. First, first, where are your doshas, which is out of balance, and what is causing this imbalance and removing that cause and then adding in supportive diet and lifestyle. So right Uh, one of one of the paradigms is that like increases like and opposites balance so if you are a vata individual right that's more of your airy constitution they're changing they're mobile they're cold they're dry they're a little rough crunchy these are all characteristics that might manifest in the body and so a vata individual if they are always on the go. If they live in a cold environment, um, if they're changing a lot, if they eat, you know, rough, dry, crunchy food, like granola chips, popcorn, for example, that will increase the air element in the body. So that like increases like, and we balance by applying the opposite qualities. So we want that groundedness, that earth energy, the smooth, oily, soft, soupy foods, that stability that comes with routine. So that's, Essentially, how Ayurveda functions is this principle: like increases like, and opposites balance.
0: And mainly, food is like the medicine, right? Like you see, food as kind of the medicine for the body.
1: Yes, exactly. So you now, there's this concept of agni or our digestive fire, and in Ayurveda, we believe that disease begins and ends in the gut. And there's a saying that there are three causes of disease: breakfast, lunch, and dinner right? So we, if we're eating foods that take us out of balance, um, that food is not properly digested. So that leads to this formation of ama or toxins in the body. Um, and that starts to accumulate over time and that can really clog the channels in the body and prevent the proper flow of energy and nutrients and removal of waste. So this accumulation of ama or toxins is really what causes disease in the body and food can, Be improperly digested because we don't have uh, the digestive capacity or strong agni or digestive fire. Um, Maybe we're combining foods in ways that they are not digestible. Um, Eating too much, eating too quickly, or eating in a state of stress. Right, the body has two modes: our parasympathetic nervous system is our rest and digest, and our sympathetic is that fight or flight response. And if we're on the go, stressed out, we're eating in that sympathetic mode, our, our food's not going to be digested. So right. um, there's a big focus on food and digestion, um, really one of the best ways we can support ourselves and our health. And you know, modern medicine is, of course, backing this up now with all of the research on the importance of the microbiome, right? Your gut is your second brain, all of these neurotransmitters are um, produced there. And we know so much of our immunity is in the gut, right? So it really right. is the, the key piece of your health.
0: Right, right. And in regards to menstruation, like does Ayurveda have a different take on menstruation or how does how does Ayurveda define menstruation?
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll speak a little more about the doshas because they play an important role in the cycle. Um, So vata, right, is that air and space. Vata is involved in any process in the body where there's movement, right? Also, these electrical processes like our heartbeat, um, respiration, right? The movement of air. Vata is involved in that process. Um, Circulation. For women, menstruation and childbirth, right? We have blood moving out of the body. Um, things are moving. So that's where you see vata. And pitta is the fire element and with a little bit of water. So pitta is really the blood and the liver are big pitta sites. Um, Pitta governs um, transformation, right? Like digestion, pitta is involved in in the digestive fire. And pitta is involved in any processes with hormones, enzymes, um, the blood, the liver, right? And we know those are really key pieces of a healthy menstrual cycle. And then kapha is the energies of earth and water. So kapha is this stable and really building um, function, right? So anywhere where there's structure or support in the body, um, our muscles, our fat tissue, right, our bones. Now bones are hollow, so that is a big vata site, anywhere there's a lot of air and space. Um, but kapha is involved in that building. Right, Right. that structure, that support. So mucus, right, our our vaginal mucus, our secretions, kapha is involved there. Um, Estrogen, right, is this cool building quality that's very much kapha. So looking at the cycle, you've probably heard the analogy of um, you know the seasons, right, Right. corresponding. Of the cycle, well, the doshas have their own seasons and they very much correspond to different parts of the cycle. So, we just had a new moon, right? So, yeah, the moon as this dark, empty space that's very much vata. So, when we are bleeding, right, the the blood is leaving the body, that's a vata process, right? Things are emptying out, right? There's more space in the womb, and so that's kind of that time when we might feel. Maybe anxiety or worry or pain um, may not be that comfortable, right? We need extra support, extra warmth, foods that are very easy to digest. That is that vata period. And then the follicular phase where things are growing and building, right? Estrogen is rising. That's your kapha. Right. And um, as the moon is growing, right? We And that's also like springtime, okay? okay. So the vata would be the winter, right? Things are cold, um, you know. And then we're coming into springtime where things are growing and building. And you can tell um, like that, that glow that you get around ovulation when everything is just plump and juicy and feels great, right? That's really high kapha or high Ogis. So OGIS is one of our subtle essences that really um, governs vitality and immunity and of course fertility. So that springtime, right? things are blooming, right? And right. Then ovulation um is the pitta cycle so the um the lining rate is growing uh, there's more blood in the womb and the body temperature is higher right in right. that second half of the cycle the luteal phase so that is the pitta time um and then it starts again so, so pitta
0: is the fire right pitta is the yes. fire is Ah. the fire
1: and pitta governs that thermogenesis or body temperature right so that's higher at that time and we have a lot more going on with the blood and the hormones um so that's that's the pitta time and it starts all over again
0: and the doshas relate to the moon or no
1: yes yes so you can think of the new moon where it's empty and dark as the vata time the full moon right where it's white and glowing as the kapha time and the the phases
0: in between wow all right that's five thousand years of wisdom right that has not been really like taken into consideration in modern medicine yeah and
1: so we have um in ayurveda we look at the body tissues as these layers or they're called datus so we have seven datus and the very first Most surface layer is our rasa, our lymphatic, right? Our lymph, um, the fluids in the body essentially. And then after that is rakta, which is the blood. And there's this idea that they're nourished in this trickle down way. So the very last tissue is artava, which is the reproductive tissue. So if there's a dysfunction in any of the previous layers, right? The lymph, the blood, the fat, the muscle, the bone, et cetera, then Mm. the archiva is the last to be nourished. And it really is greatly affected by any imbalances in the previous layers. And so when we have that ama, those toxins that build up and clog channels and prevent the flow, that's where you're getting these disorders in the reproductive functions in the menstruation. So when we have imbalances in our cycle, those show up. Um, as the doshas, right? So vata will be that irregular, lighter flow, darker blood, um, anxiety, you know, pain, especially the hips, the back, right? That's showing up there. Um, Pitta imbalances will be more of that, like hot, heavy bleeding, right? Right. Um, Menorrhagia, for example, PMDD, right? When we have a lot of that anger, irritability, um, that's going to be your pitta. And then, and maybe too frequent cycles, right? And then kapha is more that that water element. So where we have, you know, a lot of water retention, bloating, um, maybe feeling more depressed and lethargic, that heaviness, that's going to be your kapha.
0: Wow. And like to balance this, it's it, it entails you looking at your diet, right? Mainly.
1: Of course. Yeah. So when we eat food, so when it's digested, the first, tissue level to be nourished is that rasa dot to that lymph right? right and actually um the menstrual blood is considered a byproduct of that lymph so one of the best ways we can nourish and support a healthy cycle is with our diet so you can look at where your imbalances are which dosha is out of balance for example say you have um, a very heavy flow, it's painful. Um, that's gonna be a pitta imbalance, right? And the foods that aggravate pitta are those salty, sour, spicy, oily, right So maybe uh, you have uh, have a lot in the diet or you know processed foods, fried foods. So you want to you know have more of those like sweet, nourishing, cooling, less salty low-fat foods that are more kind of bland and supportive right so having your rice your um you know dairy can be really healing in ayurveda if you have good quality dairy um so you would look at what are the symptoms right what is the root cause and most often it is our diet and lifestyle and how can you support that
0: and like what made you decide to like venture into like ayurveda and practice it on women's health particularly? Like what drew drew you to women's health per se?
1: Well, I think my own experience and knowing that this is so common, right? We really we don't have the supports um that there are for women in this special time of the month that there are in many other cultures right and in so many cultures it's celebrated um the women are together during this time um supporting each other right whereas here in the us it's like go to work don't complain don't let anyone know that this is what's going on right and (laughs) you know you don't take time off work. Um, you know, continue all of your regular duties. Like, just you know, we're we're essentially being forced into this patriarchal, capitalistic society that is not respecting and nourishing and supporting this beautiful flow that happens every month. Um, and so, this the cycle is really considered like a, a chance for the body to detox. Um, Bloodletting, rakta moksha, was a therapy in Ayurveda, and as women we have this opportunity for the body to naturally detox every month and so it's something we need to support and um you know i just seeing how many women have challenges with their cycles um how often it's just kind of brushed under the rug or you know chalked up to oh well that's that's normal right right pms Cravings, heavy flow, all of that—that's actually those are signs of imbalance, right? A normal cycle is going to be um, not entirely unpleasant, right? If we're supporting ourselves, um, so just noticing kind of how this is treated and, and the lack of support there um, and the lack of options, right? Just being told to, to go on the birth control pill is is what's most often, um, from what I've heard, you know, happening, and that's not really a solution.
0: That yeah. Can often if
1: That's
0: works. definitely and have you seen like from the time you started until now like are do, do you find women are more like inclined to look at alternative options like like have you seen your work being being more noticed somehow like do you know what I mean like I
1: think so yeah I think you know because of the work that you're doing the work that so many women are doing in really sharing and supporting our cycles, that I think there's a lot more awareness, um, that we're starting to talk about these things and that you know, women are realizing there, is, there are other options besides a hormonal birth control pill or that, you know, that it doesn't have to be this way, right? We have so many more incidences of PCOS, um, of fibroids, of endometriosis, right? These things are happening at, at high rates. And so people are realizing that, that something is out of balance and that there are ways to support that, um, you know, by, by addressing the root cause,
0: Right, I think that's like the, that's the essence, like you know, because I feel like the way, like the Western medicine has dealt with the body for so long is like the, the, we don't look at the root cause. We just like we just give you a medicine, which is like goes into that cycle of like buying stuff. The pharmacy you're you're serving the pharmaceutical companies rather than serving your body, right? It's and like I like that. the idea of like using food as medicine and looking at the root cause, right?
1: exactly yeah and you know western medicine does many things well um diagnosis symptomatology drugs like those are very important and it doesn't have to be east versus west right they, they can coexist and there's a place for both um but ayurveda really is that participatory medicine your participation is required um because oftentimes you know it, Imbalances, whatever is happening in your lifestyle isn't supportive to your health. And so you you are required to change that if you want to heal, whereas um, You know, Western medicine. It's like, well, here's a magic pill. Um, You don't have to do anything else. Um, And then eventually people end up being on multiple medications to manage the side effects of their medications. So it's just not sustainable
0: right and then my my question is like because you know because we are living in this society where like we take a pill and that pill fixes everything do you feel like when dealing with clients or patients that they expect to see changes right away and in in the process of your work how long does it take to for people to notice a change in their body and with their cycle
1: sure good question yeah i think we kind of have been trained to to get quick results, right? (laughs) This instant gratification. And a lot of times we are expecting that. I I think that most of the time when we are able to change our diet, we can see changes pretty quickly, right? So people that have digestive distress, bloating, acidity, uh, just a few changes in the diet, they'll notice a difference in a few days. Um, But they have to be willing to do the work, right? We have to be willing to, to change that. And so when we're looking at menstruation and reproductive function, artiva, right? That is the last to be nourished. So that cycle where each tissue layer is taking maybe seven days to be fully nourished. And so 35 to 40 days is when you would expect to really see those changes start to take place in the reproductive tissue. So when we are working on something like the cycle, it is gonna take a little bit more time for those imbalances to start to Um, even out.
0: Wow okay and like did you ever see yourself like as a young girl did you ever imagine that this is the job that you'd be doing like that you'd be working as an Ayurvedic uh, doctor and like working with women and their cycle?
1: No honestly no Um, I always wanted to be a lawyer because I like to argue and I wanted to be an environmental lawyer um, and then I went, I studied economics in school and I taught. Um, but I, I think teaching has always been a passion of mine. And that's really what I see my work as, is providing the understanding and the tools so that you can heal yourself. So I'm just here facilitating, right? But I'm supporting you with the understanding of the doshas and this framework and, and how this works in your body. Um, and so that you can, you can heal yourself and be your own physician.
0: Right. But no,
1: I had no idea I would be an Ayurvedic practitioner.
0: <laughs> and, and now like you're doing some of the things online, right? So you're not bound to like your location. So people get, can get in touch with you and have an online consultation from all over the world. Is that correct?
1: Exactly, yeah, so I am seeing clients on Zoom, um, which has been really nice, and we're able to assess your doshas, um, do the consultation that way, um, and then, you know, most, most herbs we can order online, or I can ship to you, um, so I'm able to work with clients all over the world.
0: And you um, complement with herbs as well, like, so, so not yeah. just food, you have to, okay.
1: Yeah, so herbs, I always say are kind of the the icing on the cake, right? If we don't change the fundamental diet and lifestyle, then no amount of herbs I give you are really going to address the issue. But uh, when we have made those changes, they can be really supportive in the healing process and just kind of expediting some of those results. So there are some really beautiful Ayurvedic herbs that support hormonal balance, um, the cycle, um, you know, mental peace, right, helping with our stress, um, all of that, so I do love working with herbs, those are a really nice way to support.
0: Yeah, and then do you remember the first time you got your first period?
1: I do, um, I was 17, so I was a bit of a late bloomer, and it was, I think at that point, everyone else had already had theirs, and it was, it was pretty, um <laughs> insignificant or unremarkable I just remember telling my mother and she said well it must not be that bad because you're not complaining (laughs) you know she gave me a pad and that was it
0: right but do you see do you see from the time you had your period and now has the conversation changed do you find like around you like the girls that come or the women that come with their daughters or not do you find there's been a switch in the menarchy in the way we deal with menarchy, or no? Has it been stagnant?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I, I think it just really depends. You know, I think people are maybe embracing more of, of the celebration around that. And this is a rite of passage as a young woman, right? It's marking a whole new phase of your life. And um, I think people are maybe more willing, more open to talk about it. Um, actually, I had a client that. Um, when her daughter started menstruating, her own cycle changed and she was telling me about that and so she um, you know talks very openly with her daughter about their cycles and what they're experiencing. So I thought that was really cool. That was not something that I experienced with my own mother but um, you know our, our wombs are so powerful, right It really is this point of connection between us and and the world and especially other women um, this this creative, space right it's creative. Right. um so i i think that is really nice when we are supporting and celebrating and sharing
0: yeah no you know, definitely that's
1: really how the healing happens right nobody heals in isolation um, but it's the community that can come together to support
0: no no definitely and last question i have that like Because, you know, when I first found out about Ayurveda, like I I live in Dubai, so there's a lot of Indians living in Dubai. So there's a huge influence. And you see a lot of next to spas, you have Ayurveda, and it's kind of sold as a massage, like that you get an Ayurvedic massage. Like, for example, in regards to menstruation, are there Ayurvedic massage that you can do to alleviate? Like, is that like also something that you can add on to your practice of like, you know, to, to the, to the way you eat, for example.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So there are so many other therapies of Ayurveda. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, we have these acupressure points or Marma points, these energy points on the body. So very much like acupuncture, um, you can do some therapies to release or let the energy flow in those spaces. So there are, um, Marma points that you can apply for pain, to promote blood flow to the uterus or the womb, Um, many different points that we can use. So that's one way that that can often be incorporated into a massage, but it's also a nice self-healing tool that you can use for yourself. Um, and then yes, there's wonderful body work um, in Ayurveda. So, you know, speaking to that kind of blockage of flow of energy, right, we want to unblock that. Um, and so much of our stress, our trauma, our history is stored in the body. So therapies are really important. So um, panchakarma is the Ayurvedic cleansing. So you can go and have all of these wonderful therapies done to help the body release those toxins. One um, one self-massage tool is called Abhyanga. So you can, you can go and receive that at a spa, but you can also do this for yourself. And this helps to stimulate lymphatic circulation, right? So um, you're essentially massaging warm oil onto the body, long strokes at the bones and circular at the joints, moving all of that lymph back to the heart to be recirculated, to be cleansed and recirculated. And... This sensation of touch and oil is very grounding, very soothing to the nervous system. Great for our vata dosha. So, anytime we have any disorder or illness in the body, vata dosha is what moves the other doshas out of place. So, we really need to be careful to manage our vata. Um, that's the that's the number one imbalance that we see, right? Just because we have screen time, overstimulation, right? Caffeine, um, irregular lifestyles, diet, all of that. So vata is really important to take care of. So this oil massage is very grounding, very soothing to vata. So you can do that on your own, or you can go and receive that. Um, There are other therapies. Shirodhara is one where a warm stream of oil is poured onto the forehead or the third eye. Again, very soothing to the nervous system. Um, This application of oil to the head is is wonderful for any of our um, mental illnesses, for example. Um, But just daily stressors, emotional balance, can be really nice and supportive and then all all different other kinds of therapies you know if you have a bad knee they can make a dough ring and place medicated herbal oil on the knee and let it soak and that's going to help not only to remove toxins but to nourish the damaged tissue dryness popping cracking arthritis things like that so body work is is really Mm -hmm. important supportive in ayurveda
0: and and do you find there's like a misconception about Ayurveda in general? Do you find people don't really understand what it is?
1: I think so. Yeah, I think that's pretty common, right? Because most of what we see is in the sphere of a spa or an Ayurveda retreat. And there's just so many different facets of it, right? These yogic practices, pranayama, the breath work, right? That's regulating our prana. This is used in Ayurveda as a therapy, because that's how we regulate our vata dosha, the air um, element. And yogic therapies, right? These cleansing, um, for example, Um, neti pot where you're doing the sinus rinsing yeah neti that's an ayurvedic practice scraping your tongue um, doing the oil swish in the mouth those are ayurvedic practices dry brushing the massage I just talked about Um, there are many um, ayurvedic practices even drinking herbal tea right an herbal decoction right that's soaked in hot water that's that's how medicine was given, right? So there are many parts of our day that we probably don't realize we're using Ayurveda, um, because it has been around so long. These these practices have really stood the test of time.
0: Wow, it's it's a whole new world, really. Like you know, I'm like I'm just curious. I'd like to try it out because I've like I know there are some doctors, some Ayurvedic doctors here, but I don't know. I've never, I've never felt like I always thought about it as like a massage. I don't know. I never. And then when I found you online, I was like, oh, yeah. And then she does things about menstruation. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And I think it's important for women to know that there is this option available as well. Right. And it does work. And, you know, it does look at the root cause. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It, It is the first form of functional medicine. And it really is a medical science, I think people feel like it is maybe out there, um, that it's too mystical, right? But it really is based in medical science. The ancient Ayurvedic texts were written by the great physicians. So one of them was a surgeon. His name was Shushrut. And he was the first to ever perform rhinoplasty or a nose job. And this was um, a restorative treatment for people that had had their nose chopped off, um, as a punishment to mark them as a criminal. Um, so they would be seen in society as a criminal. And so he was the first to ever do a rhinoplasty and wow. they you know, really had an amazing knowledge of the body before we had x-rays, before we had microscopes, before we had labs, right? Their knowledge of the human body and how it worked was just absolutely incredible. And this information was essentially downloaded by the great sages in, in meditation and a trance like state, um, and how they knew these things. It's, it's amazing because modern science is now backing up what they already knew, right, the gut brain connection, the microbiome, the importance of digestion. Um, mm. And so I think, you know, people, people need to know this is based in medical science. And it's very logical. That's what appealed to me about it is it made so much sense, right? I'm a very rational, logical person and that's what I appreciated, right? That very clear cause and effect and how do we remedy that, um, I think makes a lot more sense than, I'm having this symptom, take a magic pill, you
0: know? Right.
1: what, What happened?
0: I'm so glad that you said what you said about, about it being logical and like, because, you know, I think the problem in today's world is a lot of those, what we call alternative medicines are looked at like hippie medicines, right? Like they can't be trusted and they're not based on science. And I think you stating that it is based on science and that it has like a logic behind it is so important for people to know. Um,
1: absolutely and I think what we're doing is giving you a language for this this intuition that you already have right your body has a natural intelligence and by solely by the experience of having a body having five senses living in the natural world with the five elements you've had these experiences and right you know that when you're cold drinking a hot drink warms you up, right? It's very intuitive and logical. And I'm just giving you a language to describe what is going on naturally. And um, so I think most people, you know, once they experience it, they really, really believe in it. And that's, that's, I think, the key piece is that Ayurveda really honors the body experience and the individual experience, because it is so much personalized and individual medicine. So I think for people to experience it firsthand that that's the most powerful wisdom that there is
0: yeah well that's great thank you so much rachel like
1: thank you so much for having me this was great
0: very 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 like very interesting and very like i I, I, like i think you can really change a lot of perceptions of a lot of people like i I don't think a lot of people know what ayurveda is actually including myself Like including me going into this interview, I didn't know much about Mm -hmm. Ayurveda. Like, so thank you for sharing your knowledge. And I'm uh, so happy to share. (laughs) And maybe maybe I'll get in touch with you with you. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to share, like, and subscribe and participate in my First Period Project or the pad art. All information are on the site i-bleed.com.